Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to another episode. We are so happy that you joined us. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks for asking. Pretty good. Pretty good. Do you guys have a good weekend? Yeah. Fabulous weekend. Just preparing for my move across the country in a month. Yo. You listeners, you I'm sure you'll hear all about that later on when I've actually done it. But yeah, all good things. Eric, I know you said that there was something that you were dying to talk about. Well, I'm not dying to talk about it, but I, I will talk about it nonetheless. You had to, uh, otherwise you were going to explode. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, uh, the rapper known as Takashi69 uh, had his cover blown. He was in the witness protection program. I, I don't know, again, if it's on the federal level or if it's a state program that he was under, but he had ratted on a couple or more than a couple of these gang members you know, mm-hmm. that he was associated with, affiliated with. Kashi 6 ix first day on the stand testifying against people he used to call his uh, his fellow gang members. I mean, he's basically snitching. And it showed when he got on the stand, he nervously at one point pointed out the two defendants, named them, uh, said that they were members, uh, as far as he knows, of the Nine Trey Bloods. And then there was a part where the prosecutors played his Gummo music video. And it was kind of weird because Takashi did a play-by-play going through the video, pointing out people who were in the video and naming names, saying that person was in the gang, that person was in the gang, that person was in the gang. Um, clearly, he was not uh, comfortable with doing this, but this was the deal he made with prosecutors to get his sentence reduced. It, it was in like all the tabloids about him. Last yeah. fall, and yeah, and, and if you remember the coverage last fall, it was like, where is this guy possibly going to hide? Because mm-hmm. as we as we know even if you don't like his rap or don't know anything about his rap, you've probably seen the guy. He has rainbow colored hair. He has a huge six, nine tattooed on his forehead. Mm-hmm. He has another tattoo on his forehead. He always wears color for clothing. So he doesn't exactly har- blend in is what you're saying. No, he's hard to miss. <laughs> he's hard to miss. So, so how you know, is he the- going to hide? <laughs> right. And the joke was, you know, back last fall, it was like, you know, even if this guy goes to Wyoming or Idaho or, you know, wherever, pick your far-flung location, Alaska, he's easy to spot. Mm-hmm. It turns out that the the authorities had him just 30 miles south of kind of where where, where all this action went down, uh, and he was at this house on Long Island, and he was, you know, filming a music video, and at he his, also... At the house that he was, that was his witness protection house? Right, and he's also on he's on he's on house confinement or house arrest. He's mm-hmm. wearing an ankle bracelet. He, you know, he was released due to some COVID nineteen measures. He was released early from jail. Was told to stay on house arrest for four months. He's wearing an ankle bracelet. You can see it in this music video. He actually, I think, I don't know if it's post the filming of this music video or you know when exactly, but he went out onto the back porch of this house where he was staying. Uh, kind of, it's a second story back porch. And was flashing stacks of cash and, you know, getting his picture taken for Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And a neighbor, a teenage woman or teenage girl, saw into his backyard and saw Takashi and said, Six nine is literally, he moved into the house behind me. He's taking pictures. 
I, I'm not sure. I mean, I saw the video that she posted on Twitter. I don't know if she originally posted it to TikTok or Instagram. Choose your social, social media platform. But the video then spread all over the internet, and then people deduced exactly where Takashi was staying. Mm-hmm. Um, Hmm. And it's this rather kind of unassuming four-bedroom home on Long Island. Yeah, it looks like just a normal two-story suburban, like, gray home. It looks like a witness protection program house, like, quintessential. This this doesn't look like a place that a a convicted felon rapper would stay. (laughs) Right, exactly. Why would you put him so close to where all this action went down? Like, those gang members could get an uber and be there in like no time you know <laughs> right. what i mean great it qu- was in great question his like area was it was in Bro- like bushwick right brooklyn bushwick, is where he's yeah. from yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in any event the searches on this particular address you know after this girl posted her video and said this is where six nine is in my backyard like I said, people figured out where he was living. And, you know, we have listing pages for homes that are on sale. And we do a, a weekly look at the most popular homes that are for sale. And we've been doing that for five or six years now across the country every year. And because I mean, not every year, every week, because we're able to tell exactly what users are clicking on. And we see, you know, from time to time, we see listings that aren't on the market. We see a pop in, you know, lookups or you know clicks on homes that aren't on the market but this one was like it went from zero to tens of thousands of people looking at this you know home that's not even on the market people are typing in the address into google trying to find where takashi is and that resulted in this huge spike so that that kind of tipped us off and then i did a little research around that and uh this is the story yeah yeah well so his cover was blown which meant i assume they have to relocate him correct exactly yeah so the authorities came in to this house you know parked up in front and they blocked off the street uh they took they whisked him away in a in a range rover i believe and you know there was cop cars everywhere and they reportedly this is you know again i i haven't been able to pin this down but he went even further east into the hamptons into a city called watermill which is a nice city very nice nice little town town or hamlet out there in in the hamptons and was staying at a even nicer home. It's like a seven bedroom mansion. It's it you know gated and it's nice. How it is that necessary? Like, it seems right. like an odd choice for a a place to to house a you know someone who's been convicted right. of a crime. Um, exactly. Again, I don't know if if he's funding part of it or his label or whoever he's working with to you know m- make music. And just for comparison's sake, the the home, uh, the initial home where he was spotted on Long Island was on the market for around six or seven thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And the home in the Hamptons in Watermill, where he is supposedly now staying, is was on the market i think for 150,000 a month. It, i mean it's wow. one of those Hamptons party homes where right. you you know you rent it for the season uh kind of like the folks from the what's the Bravo show the Summer, Summer House. <laughs> Summer House. It's in that it's water that house is also in Watermill. It is uh, and that house is currently for sale. Yes it is. I can't so, with this. This is outrageous. So <laughs> Yeah, i know. I know. It, it is. And I mean, I, th- I did some research and the federal government, it, uh, the latest stats I could find was in 2014. The federal government pays around nine to $10 million per year for housing, you know, people that are in the witness protection program. So um, some of your taxpayer money, a, v- a very small part goes to mm-hmm. witness protection. Okay. 
it's still a weird choice like a, a beautiful hamptons summer home it's just i mean yes he's he's an odd case just given his his look his yeah. his infamy his fame you know so you don't know which house in watermill he's staying at right now i, I the address has been shared online and i'm mm. sure we're going to see a pop uh in searches and clicks on that particular address uh but Again, I'm not 100% sure that he's staying there. It hasn't been totally confirmed. Okay. But so will he have to move again then? Because he's just getting whisked probably. around New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. do you know where they probably aren't going to take him? Is a house... Where? <laughs> it's where probably not in a house that has a BDSM sex basement. What? <laughs> Maybe they will. It sounds good for a music video. It does. Um, the reason that I am mentioning this is because <laughs> smooth <laughs> just to, transition just Very to blow smooth. you guys' mind yeah we we have reported on other homes with bdsm sex basements um right in the past and so eric found another one uh this one is in arkansas yeah you guys remember we talked about it at the time we even talked with the agent on the pod uh for that house in pennsylvania this one in Arkansas is less expensive, but it gives off a little more of a bordello kind mm. of vibe. A lot more bordello. Kind of like yes. what you would picture a little bit more, just like a more stereotypical BDS. Red room basement. of pain type yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, with the colors. It's Tell us a little bit about the house. Is The house is on the market itself. Yes, it is. For how much? It is two hundred and twenty-five thousand. It seems it, it's it's a nice it's a sizable house. Like it's a you yeah. know it's a nice family style home. Um, Four bedrooms, three baths. Yep, a little over twenty-eight hundred square feet. Yeah. If you want, if you want to see this house, uh, and you know, take a look at listing photos yourself. The at the address is one four zero one North Sixth street in van buren arkansas mm -hmm. so if you want to type that type that in a realtor you can look at the listing photos for yourself i'm just now reading the listing description for the first time and i love it what does it say this home is 50 shades of great way more than you could ever expect to find in this quite in a quiet and established neighborhood secret passage from the master bedroom to your own secret playroom beautiful decks overlooking a lush green curtain of trees make for a very private space Great home for a couple who love each other and want to have privacy from the children at times. Huge master bath, hot tub, an entertainment pool, full bar, hidden TVs. This is a step through the looking glass. Okay, nice. Important to, to note that the listing description was written by the agent who is also the owner, right, Eric? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Her name is uh, Jennifer McKinney and her husband is Shane and we spoke with them. Yeah. Yeah. We did speak to Jennifer and Shane um, about their house and kind of their passion <laughs> for creating these types of rooms, this this type of room in, her, in their home and then kind of their ambitions with that. So um, it's nice that we could go to the source and... Uh, we are going to jump into that interview right now. We've been in this house for 15 years, so um, it's been a constant project. I'm not the kind of person that can sit in a room and think, I'm happy with the way this is. I'm always thinking, how can I make it better? How could I make it more interesting? What would be uh, more inventive use of any space or any item within the room? Almost everything is multifunctional or 
designed to have uses that um, we, can't, we can't even show in pictures a lot of times, uh, whether it be the kitchen cabinets, having secret compartments in them, and just our house has a lot of surprises. So. <laughs> it sounds like it. So you've been in the house for 15 years. When did you decide to convert the basement to its current status of a BDSM space? About two years ago after we visited Miami. Okay. And what was the inspiration there? We went to a dungeon and it was very interesting and neat. And about the same time I had had a dream about doing a remodel on a home and actually the Scott brothers were there and putting in a kitchen and everything. You know, sometimes we watch a lot of HGTV Mm -hmm. and the two things just kind of coincided. I was like, you know, we don't see anybody doing a show installing any kind of BDSM equipment anywhere. Well, not just BDSM equipment, but most most shows will focus on kitchens and open concepts and granite. But um, in reality, I mean, eating is an important function of life, but having good sex is an important part of a healthy relationship as well. And just planning out bedrooms and bathrooms and master bedrooms to be more friendly to the couple's relationship, um, even if it's not BDSM oriented, is not something that's really covered. Right. It's something that's purposefully ignored. You renovated it two years ago to be what it is today. You mentioned um, a show or that the HGTV and other uh, reality TV shows don't cover this. Is that what you're hoping to ultimately do beyond selling the home? Are you hoping to to have a TV show about this? We did film the whole process of putting the dungeon together and put together a uh, sizzle. Mm. Which is and, kind of a promo video for a TV show concept. Right. Cool. And uh, so we've sent that off to some producers. Have you heard anything back? Uh, some. Uh, some are like, we couldn't do this on TV. There wouldn't be enough interest. Uh, even the advice most people have when staging houses is make it look exactly the same. Uh, paint it with the most neutral colors, make sure everything right. is as grand as possible. And I don't, from a marketing perspective, that's not really the way you uh, you want something to, to go. Um, right. Yeah, there's, there's the average buyers that are going to want average things. But if you have an exceptional product, then uh, it needs to be brought, it needs to be marketed in an exceptional way. I was just going to say, your house is anything but neutral. I was hoping that you could describe it for our listeners. Um, tell us what you've what you've done to the space and how it looks, how it feels when you're in it. Well, as far as the master bedroom goes, one of the first things we did was we looked at the psychology of colors, and you have your colors that are more influential when it comes to helping you feel more in the mood. <laughs> so we picked out the purples and the reds for our bedroom. If you picture the colors of romantic flower arrangements and uh, even, uh, you know, romantic little red dresses and cute lingerie, those types of colors we try to reiterate throughout the bedroom. Right. Uh, being in it, it's like being in a work of art. It's you, you mm-hmm. feel differently in the room than you would feel in a, in a normal room. And then th- that's just the bedroom alone. That's mm-hmm. before you get to your, to your basement, correct? Correct. And we connected the uh, dungeon to the bedroom and uh, that was connected via a secret door so that, you know, kids and other people wouldn't be aware that that space existed unless we wanted them to be. It'd be a private space for us. Obviously it's not a secret now. Um, 
but still a family could very easily move in and it'd be very unlikely that their eight-year-old kid would know anything about it unless they wanted the kid to know about it. You know, you could repurpose it into another type of room or, you know, a sports room or something like that easily enough. But um, yeah, so it's a secret space. Okay. What's inside the space? <laughs> well, um, if uh, lots of different equipment, I suppose. Uh, so we have a cross. Um, which is a St. Andrew's cross. It's an X-shaped cross for chaining people to. Uh, not actually, believe it or not, that's not, a lot of people picture us as being these crazy uh, deviants and such, but in reality, we're relatively boring. The cross we very rarely used. Um, we created that because we knew it would be an easy project and it would look really neat in film. And it's the kind of expectation most people would have when they go into that space. So it's almost like a piece of artwork that sets the mood. Once somebody sees it, it instantly lets you know what the room is about, even though it's not used, even though it's not used frequently. Now that said, it is completely functional. It's very sturdy, very very much something that could be used. He's honestly more of a rope guy. Yeah, I prefer rope to things. <laughs> we we know that that exists, and we know that it's not for everybody. We don't. Our house is not for everybody. We're aware of that. We're not foolish, but it's for a lot of people, um, whether they're willing to admit it or not. Now, Jennifer, you are the, or I'm sorry, Niffer, I, I, I apologize. You are the agent on the house, right? So you're taking all the inquiries from potential buyers. Have you had mostly looky-loos or do you have actually interested buyers? We've had a good mix, actually. Some Definitely some looky-loos. And they, I ask them when they're coming, if, you know, hey, you just want to look and we show them anyway because we know that there's interest there and we don't want people to feel like this has to be a secretive, like, oh, my goodness thing. We're just like, right. yeah, come on over, check it out, and we can have a conversation. And then we've also had people that come that are genuinely interested and they want to purchase the property and different situations in life, like uh, being furloughed right now, have them kind of stuck. Yeah, we've had a couple of full price offers uh, that would be pending them going back to work uh, in the oil industry. Uh, a lot of oil industry shut down with the low oil prices. Um, think, so, yeah, COVID has definitely affected. We would have probably sold this within the first three days had it not been for COVID. When we were setting up this call, you mentioned that you had a big open house yesterday, or I'm sorry, you mentioned that you had a big open house on Sunday. How did that go? And how was it in person? Or did you do a virtual open house? What was that like? Well, Arkansas never really completely shut down and people have been continuing to get out. And so we thought that we might as well have an open house for the people who are not afraid to get out and mingle. And we had lots of hand sanitizer, all kinds of things like that to uh, make sure everything was sanitized and cleaned things off. But we let people come in and check out the house. And you got a big crowd or how many, what kind of interest did you have? It was nonstop from the time we started till the time we stopped. And in our area, you know, when we do open houses with other listings she's had, if you had three or four people to show up, it was a big deal. Um, we probably had 40 to 60, somewhere in that range, yeah. if I had to guess. Just steady small groups throughout the whole day. One group would leave and another one showed up. It's uh, It was actually interesting, too. We had a couple of people that showed up that didn't have a clue. Uh, that they we just saw the open house. They sign. just saw the open house signs. They had not seen any pictures online in advance <laughs> and had no idea what to expect. Those were the most fun for us. I mean, that was it was very fun to 
to take them into the bedroom and then open the secret door and see their eyes light up. And then when they come down the stairway, because there's a custom cedar spiral staircase that goes into the dungeon, we wanted a dramatic entrance into the dungeon space. And uh, as they came down the stairs and they saw the cross and such, it definitely seeing their eyes light up. And it was all positive. It wasn't like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. It was, this is amazing. And They had the yeah. biggest smiles. They were huge smiles. They were so happy. And that's the thing we found is we've brought people down that are preachers at churches and local business people and bankers before we ever listed the house. And it doesn't matter who we've brought down there. Almost everybody is just instantly ready to talk to you about anything and everything. And so one of my favorite things about the space um, is not even the sexual enabling and things that it helps you to do to provide equipment that lets you have interesting relations, but just the conversations that you have, there's a full bar and bar stools and such, and you bring somebody into that space and suddenly there's no, nothing that they need to hide. Well, when you move, are you going to plan to do the same thing with your next home or is this a, a booming business for you now? I think it would be absolutely fantastic to be able to travel the country and install dungeons. That'd be really neat. Yeah, that would be a very enjoyable business. That's part of why we started to create the show concept was, wouldn't it be awesome to go to New York and, you know, hang out with Natalie and say, let's look at how we can make your place sexy. Are you into rope? Are you into chains? Uh, You know, what is it? What is it that really gets you going? You know? All right. (laughs) Yeah, Natalie, Um, get ready. I have to know, do you guys have a name for for the show? Do you have some working title? Working in the Kinks. Okay. Nice. Working in the Kinks. Okay. That's awesome. And I you know, I kind of wonder how coronavirus is um maybe affecting people's perceptions of your home right now because people are stuck inside and probably trying to spice things up or look for different outlets. So Maybe um, maybe your space is more appealing to, to folks. I, we, we kind of talked about the fact that you've been stuck in a home for the last two months, potentially isolating, and how tired of the house that you're in, and how being in another boring house that's painted the same taupe color and um, has the same basic open concept floor plan and everything that everybody always talks about wanting might not be what's up for everybody. Natalie? Is there anything else? Well, I'm just I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else that you guys want to convey about the house um, specifically, like the real estate and any anything like that? Yeah, the flow of the house is planned so the master bedroom is within ten feet of the hot tub. Mm-hmm. The hot Rachel tub likes so- that. Rachel loves a hot tub. <laughs> I do like a hot tub. <laughs> And our deck is, we planted and landscaped around it to create a private curtain of green all around it. So on the deck, it's very private. And we included some curtains that are weighted with sandbags. So they we can close all the curtains if we want even more privacy on our deck. Um, but it's also, the deck is then connected to the living space. So if we're wanting to entertain people, not from a bedroom perspective, it's within 15 feet of the main living area. So the hot tub becomes a kind of a focal point of that. Uh, the bedroom is isolated from the main part of the house through an office space that has two doors that can close. So we can close both doors and isolate further and create a space in the bedroom that's almost like it's entirely its own place. He jokingly mm. calls it an airlock. Yeah, an airlock, like in a submarine. Okay, I have, I have a question. It's just, just me ahead. being curious. Is there soundproofing in your house? No, no. Um, but it is concrete block walls around the dungeon and... It's very sound. 
uh, resistant, although not necessarily soundproofed. <laughs> um, Shane Niffer, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your home and and just your story. Was, yeah, your story. This was one of the most interesting, um, interesting in a good way interviews we've ever done. Um, so we really appreciate you talking to us today. Well, I really appreciate it, and I hope that there's some people out there that get inspired by this. I, I do think people designing houses need to start prioritizing the couple's relationship more so than just uh, how many square feet can we squeeze in or um, yeah. I, I, if just those types of conversations could happen as a result of this, we'd be very happy with the results of what we've done. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. And Thank have you. a great rest of your week. We certainly will. Thank you. So we got a little something in the mailbox. A little something, something. A little we something did. in the mailbox. Rachel, uh, can you read us the question? And if you want to write into the mailbox, you can find us uh, at podcast at realtor.com. And we would love to hear any questions that you have about real estate, about design. There's a good chance we might read it on the air. So yeah. anyway, Rachel, fire away. What does that question say? This question is from Philip in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He writes, I've been looking at listings since the beginning of the year in hopes of moving. People have always told me that when a house is on the market for a long time, there must be a problem with it. But with coronavirus and the housing market slowing down over the past couple months, should I pay as much attention to how long it's been on the market? That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean... I know you worked on an article recently about days on market. I mean, yeah, I mean, if if so, if a house is on the market for typically anywhere between 30 to 45 days, that's considered mm. stale in a typical mm. market. Um, right. But as we know, in the time of coronavirus, people are reticent to buy um you know, people are kind of waiting in the wings to see sure. what's happening with the economy, what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's harder to buy a home because of shelter in place. You know, people are not hosting as many open houses. You have to get a sense for a house virtually. So right. that can drive up the days on market. So, Philip, your question is a good one because days on market is obviously one of the factors that contributes to the value of the home. Um along with, you know, location, curb appeal, um, what, comps, age of the yeah. home, all mm -hmm. these different factors. And days on market is definitely one that buyers will look at that you've probably looked at, Philip. Um, <laughs> but the, the experts that we spoke to said that at this time, you shouldn't get spooked by some a listing that says oh it's been on the market for 45 days at this point it's it, mm. it would be a shame to discount a house just because solely because of that because times are so different right now right is there a, a time limit when he should get spooked like 90 days or are all bets off right now during coronavirus none of our experts really gave a a number like a like a number of like days. a finite number yeah yeah their their advice was really to look at some of the other factors that contribute to the value of a home um right well comps and, at, at, and the the local market being two of the the top mm -hmm. ones 
Right. At 90 days, you would want to inquire with your agent. Even during this period of coronavirus, you would want to ask and say, hey, this has been on the market for three months. Is there a reason why? Right. You know, what have you heard? Just talk it out with your agent. Exactly. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out right away. I wouldn't be like, oh, gosh, this house is on the market for three months. No way. I think it would be a conversation starter for sure. Yes. Definitely. And it might mean that you could end up getting a pretty good deal, too, mm-hmm. when it comes time to negotiating. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It you gives can... you bargaining power as a buyer um, if the house is sat on the market for a long time. So, yep. yeah. So, Philip, you know, good luck with your home purchase. Um, hopefully, you find a house that, that fits, fits the bill. Um, and if you have any other questions, or listeners, if you have any burning real estate questions, burning design questions let us know again that email address is podcast at realtor.com now it's time for winners and losers this is the segment at the end of the episode where we discuss celebrities and the homes that they bought sold or rented every week we choose one winner and one loser and we're going to start with our loser to end on a happy note um our loser this week is a very famous man, an older, an elderly gentleman by the name of Norman Lear. Can yeah, Natalie, please don't don't don't, don't make me call a ninety-seven-year-old man a loser. Heartless. You are heartless. Uh, he uh, unfortunately he does end up in the loss column this week. I yeah. would. I don't want to say anything about Norman Lear being a loser. I don't want to say anything about a ninety-seven-year-old. And anybody that's over the age of eighty is a winner in my book. But, Absolutely, um, we made it this far. Yeah. So he is a winner in life. He's produced a number of TV shows. He has, you know, he's won all the Emmys. This guy has done it all in the in the world of entertainment. And he had a home, an estate in Brentwood that befitted his status in, in the entertainment industry. I mean, this place is 14,000 square feet. It's on over eight acres. It's kind of, on, it's a little bit below the Getty Museum kind of area, you know, up in the hills in Brentwood. It was on the market. It went on the market, I remember this, in 2015 for $55 million. <laughs> a cool $55 million. Yeah. And it's, it's, one, it's one of those one-of-a-kind residences. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not, you're not going to recreate this place. And uh, the property since then has kind of come down in price. It came back on the market this week for $35 million. So $20 million, $20 million off the original ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, we're putting this one in the loss column. Although, again, I don't want to call Norman Lear a loser. I just wanted to ask Eric if you have any theories about why there have been so many price reductions. Is it just another one of those enormous expensive places that... Dedicated to one person? Yeah, that you're going to yeah. struggle to find a buyer for. Well, I, I know that we talked with the new listing agent and they said that just within the last two years, Lear and his wife did do some updating and refreshing, mm-hmm. uh, even though it had been on the market, like I said, back in 2015. They repainted the whole exterior white. They refreshed the bedrooms, the bathrooms, new floors, more windows. So money has been spent on this place over the last year, even mm-hmm. you know, even though it's uh, it's already a glorious mansion they they they're continuing to refine it it is a little bit um you know it's it's big in terms of its size it's you know a lot of the mansions we've seen in in Los Angeles uh lately you know the, the kind of those boxy ones are maybe 7 
maybe 8,000 square feet. Some some get into the 10,000, but this place is 14,000 square feet. It's, so there's a yeah. lot, of, lot, lot of upkeep involved. Yeah, there's a 35-car garage, I just want to point out. <laughs> 35. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, that's a good... yeah. I mean, why not just go for a cool Jerry 50? Seinfeld, Jay Leno, car, what other car, very rich yeah. car people can buy this place. Um, I, I would like to point out that the staging of this place is not great. Um, Whoa. It looks oh, okay. very crowded, mm-hmm. not cluttered. There's just a lot of furniture jammed into a lot of the main rooms. Um, there isn't like one definitive style that's happening it's just kind of like a lot of probably very expensive pieces <laughs> that have all been put together um mm-hmm. and i know staging is i mean i'm sure staging a fourteen thousand square foot home is just a <laughs> challenge in itself but i mean i'm looking at this living room there's like seven easy chairs, a love seat, three sofa. Like it's just, there's just so much going well, I, on. Yeah, I think, well, but I think it goes back to what you just said. There's so much space that it, I mean, I, I think we saw this even with that Duggar house, whatever that was a couple months ago, because the space is so cavernous, you need like, yeah. to make it look full, you have to put all sorts of stuff in there, even though it may not jibe with I know, each other. But it, it, I would yeah, argue I that this looks cluttered. There, I mean, there's, there's, like 40 books on a table like it's just if they really I mean I know reshooting of a house like this would just be a whole big cha-cha like you would say but I don't know I think if they were really really desperate which I don't know how desperate Norman Lear is to sell this place but um it in terms of things that they could do like like room for improvement i think that that would be one of the things wait how long have they owned it uh, uh since the i want to say the 80s yeah late 80s oh so they've been there a hot minute and i bet i bet it has been a you know a wonderful place to entertain i'm sure they've had the mm-hmm. elite hollywood a listers all throughout yeah. that place so all sorts of TV stars and, and Hollywood bigwigs. So bigwigs. But despite all of that, despite whatever Hollywood shenanigans have gone down there, he is our loser of the week. Qualified. Because of the qualified. Because of the price cut. It's a numbers thing. <laughs> it's a numbers thing. All right. Let's move on to our winner this week. Our winner is Tarek El Musa. Flipper flop star Tarek El Moussa bought a home in Costa Mesa in 2018, and he paid right around $2.3 million for it, like $2.28. And then he put it up on the market last year for $2.5, $2.6. And then he just sold it now for $2.7, just within the last couple of months. So he uh, he is our winner of the week. Yeah, he listed it He listed it for $2.57 um, yeah. on my birthday. Whoa. Wow. Last year. No, this year. On my birthday this year. And then sold it three months later. Have you checked out the listing photos? What do you think? I'm flipping through right now. Um, it's one of those homes. It was built in 2015, and it's full-on like modern farmhouse exterior and interior. Um, just white siding with, with yep. some black trim. Uh, big open living space with an open kitchen. I mean, this is a really cool place. Very, very trendy. Like, extremely yes. trendy. Like, this look, 
I don't think it'll is age not well. gonna be it's not gonna age well it's not the gym. no I think yeah we'll look back on this place in 10 or 20 years and say like ugh, that's so 2020 I don't yeah. even think no. it'll take that long no maybe not yeah, I'm I'm almost looking at it now and being like, oh, I hate the special. outside. I absolutely hate that exterior. Yeah, it's it's that modern farmhouse like Natalie described it with I mean, but you know, it, it has a little bit of modern industrial touches to it right, a little bit from the industrial. outside, but yeah, it's that it's it's that white with the black. But the kitchen is, you know, classic all white marble countertop, subway tile, um huge island. Very big island. Uh, I mean, gorgeous. Like a really, really very nice house. A beautiful house. I like the courtyard kind of area that opens out to the pool. Yeah. Like, I, I think the pool is kind of in the center. And then there's like a courtyard that kind of opens out to, you know, and there's like a, it looks like maybe like a casita or guest house. Yeah. I mean, pl- it reminds of me of the same layout as like Kylie Jenner's place that she bought kind of where the the house surrounds the pool that we talked right. about in a previous episode. Yep. I see where you're mm-hmm. coming from. Well, for, for this neighborhood, because I actually lived in Costa Mesa um, and my husband grew up in Newport Beach, which is just, it borders Costa Mesa. We have friends that like live down the street from this house and uh this is a big house for this neighborhood it's also a very modern house for this neighborhood i mean there's a lot of older homes in this area there's certainly a lot of homes that don't really look like this like this i'd venture to say that if if you were to drive down the street this is one that would stick out like a sore thumb right well this neighborhood probably you know, I don't know for sure, but I'm I'm guessing it was probably a, a tear down type neighborhood where probably. you know some bought bought and bought uh, an older home, tore it down, and built this kind of spec farmhousey kind of look. And totally. I'm sure I don't know if that's happening throughout Orange County, but I envision it. I mean, it's this. I've seen this style in different parts of LA too, like in oh, like yeah. Valley Village and different places, yes. like like yes. the Melissa McCarthy home we've seen looks yes. kind of similar to this. Hers was black Van, though, Van, but Vanderpump Rules. The Vander, all the Vanderpump Rules people have literally this exact house. Yes. Um, it's definitely there's there's definitely an audience for this to or an audience like a a, a, a group a buyer. of buyers who are very interested in this type of house. Um, mm-hmm. And good on Tarek for getting over asking. I mean, yes. that's all you can hope for. He's kind of the king of that, right? Yes, he is. A, <laughs> he is the flip king. We've covered him extensively. If you just search Tarek El Musa uh, and Realtor.com, you can read up on all our coverage of all Tarek's doings. Yes, and we have a lot of it. That is it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, you can go to realtor.com slash news. You can also go to Google, type in realtor.com and the topic, and it should pop up for you. Um, If you want to get a hold of us to write us a question for our mailbox segment, we're all ears. You can email us podcast at realtor.com. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe so you can get episodes delivered straight to your device. And if you have a quick sec, if you could scroll down and give us a five-star rating and take a quick minute and write us a review, that would help people find us. And then we'd love to hear from you on social media, wherever you do your socials. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. We are at House Party Pod on both of those. So find us there join the conversation eric would you like to bid our listeners adieu 
Goodbye. <laughs> All right. That's it. <laughs> we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.